0: This week on Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay review the Pink Album by Tuscadero. That podcast is going to take on a whole different tone. It's, uh, we're getting
1: a little classy here.
0: <laughs> Where they just sound bored. Sounding
1: like the songs could fall apart at any minute. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minnichi, and once again, my co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, I haven't asked you this in quite a while. You've been busy, but Mm -hmm. uh, what are you drinking tonight?
0: We are trying out uh, Pepsi Max. Whoa. Yeah.
1: Pepsi Max. uh,
0: I'm a Coke Zero fan, but my, my wife likes Diet Pepsi. So I'm trying to see if we can split the difference here and get to Pepsi Max.
1: Is it maximum awesomeness?
0: It is maximum taste. So I think I it's a zero calorie and it t- its supposed to taste like Pepsi which it does so it doesn't have the diety taste. And I don't think either of us have been able to confirm if it actually contains more caffeine because we both assume because it's called max and it's extreme that <laughs> it may it must have contained more caffeine than regular Pepsi but I'm not sure that's true. And it doesn't say anything about on the can about having more caffeine. Anyway, that's what I'm into right now.
1: All right. I'm drinking a, a glass of Moscato, 2010. Uh, Whoa. There's no beer in the house, so
0: I, I grabbed a glass of wine. My, uh, wow. Yeah. This well, podcast is going to take on a whole different tone.
1: It's uh, We're getting a little classy here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had no idea. I wish you would have told me. I would have come better prepared.
1: Yeah. If you have any Chardonnay, if you like breaking it out, you go right ahead. <laughs> Pairs well with a, a, a light fish or a uh, perhaps a chicken dish.
0: Geez, had I known, I would wear pants.
1: <laughs> we are a classy joint. <laughs> so we have a um, listener suggestion tonight from, uh, this is the, uh, I think, the first or second one from Mr. Sean Michael Foster. Uh, he uh, posted some requests for us to review in the uh, on the Facebook page which if you're not checking that you should there are uh, lots of cool things one of the new cool things that we've added recently is every Friday we will be posting a uh, video or something to let you know what our upcoming review show will be to let you know what we'll be reviewing and that way if you want to chime in with a anecdote a story, a opinion, an opinion actually would be the correct uh, English there. Uh, if you have anything you want to say about the, the show we're going to uh, do then we'll read it on the air and you can be part of the show. So uh, stay tuned to the Facebook page every Friday for that.
0: So you're looking for people who will know the band that we're gonna, we are going to be reviewing. Right? Is that yep. the idea? Yeah.
1: Okay. Or if we, if you put it up, you know, if we put it up on Friday and you listen to it over the weekend, send us your opinion. No, you know, if you, if you've never heard the band before and you're like, I want to check that out, that sounds cool. Then, uh, we'll, uh, we'll read your opinion on the air, or you can even send us via email an MP3 of your opinion and we'll play it on the air. How cool is that?
0: Amazing. Absolutely amazing.
1: Technology. Wow. So we should get to what his actual uh, suggestion was. We are reviewing the Pink Album by Tuscadero. Released, well, it was released a couple times. We're going to get to that. But Jay, were you familiar with Tuscadero prior to receiving this request?
0: I'm familiar with uh, Pinky Tuscadero, but not the band Tuscadero.
1: Ah ha ha. Pinky Tuscadero. Very good. That actually plays into the... Naming of the band, I would hope. So we did, and the, act- album, and the yeah. album, perhaps. Yes, uh, but we did get some uh, some feedback. Should we read that now? Should I do that now? Before we actually get into the album, or should I wait until after uh, three of the band? Since I just mentioned it,
0: well, you already you just blew it, so I guess we're gonna hear about it now. I mean, okay,
1: I'll do that now. Since I mentioned it, I want to give an example of. People providing information, their their opinion on the album reviewing. Uh, we got a, a message from Chip Midnight, good old Chip Midnight, uh, the author of AtomicNed.com, as well as the Lipstick and Leather Tumblr. You should go check those out, Google them, find them, read them, enjoy. Chip, with this information, he says, I was, am, in parentheses, a huge Veruca Assault fan so I would listen to any and every female-fronted indie rock band that emerged in the 1990s, or in the, <laughs> in the mid-90s. One with two female vocalists like Veruca Salt sold. Unfortunately, they didn't rock with the bombast of Veruca Salt. It was almost like they were bored, both recorded and live. I saw them at Stashes. I want to say they were opening for somebody like Sebado, and then he puts in parentheses, hmm, this blog post says archers of loaf i'm wondering if i saw them another time because i don't remember seeing archers of loaf sadly tuscadero was a band i wanted to love and i did like some of their music but they were no veruca salt and i bet they'd be happy to hear me say that i still own their cds but i haven't thought to pull them out in 15 years can't wait to hear what you guys think about them and then he has a link to the antidotal existence blog which has a review of a archers of loaf uh Show in Columbus that included Tuscadero. so he mentioned that they are a uh, two-female-fronted vocalist band. We yeah. should get into the uh, we should get into the history of that of this particular band so that uh, we can further expand upon that information. Amazing. Yes. Jingle insert.
0: History of the band.
1: So, Tuscadero formed in 1993 in Washington, D.C., with Melissa Ferris on guitar, vocals, and organ, Margaret McCarthy on guitar and vocals, Phil Satloff on bass and piano, and Jack Hornady on drums. Now, Jay, you mentioned uh, Pinky Tuscadero, but actually, Tuscadero was named after Susie Quattro's character Leather Tuscadero on Happy Days. They signed to the Teen Beat record label after their first show. They released two 7-inch singles in the spring and summer of 1994 on Teen Beat Records. And then released the album we're reviewing, the Pink Album, on Teen Beat Records in November of 1994. Now, the interesting thing about this is they actually recorded the album twice. They recorded it once. They didn't like it. They pressed up a few thousand copies, but then recalled them, and then went back and re-recorded the album.
0: Wow, that's insane! Yeah, they recalled them.
1: Yeah, I guess like I the guess distributors. They just, they, well, I don't know if they were had a distributor at that stores. time, or if they just brought them took them back from the stores. I think they only did a few thousand, but they uh, they they brought them all back. And um, so, what we're listening to is the first re-release. From 1994 November uh, in 95 they released another seven inch and an e- EP on teen beat and then they signed to electra records and electra re-released the pink album in 1996 they went back in and uh, remixed some of the songs about half of them on the album and did some uh, minor overdubbing to thicken up the sound. That is not the version that we're listening to. We're listening to the original re release. Oh. In 1998. Sad for us. They released My Way or the Highway on Electra and were soon dropped by the label. They broke up the Electra. following. Yeah, Electra Records. The 90s. They broke <laughs> up in 1999 but reunited in 2005 for a 20th anniversary show for Team Beat Records. And that is the history of Tuscadero. I was not able to find if anybody in the band was doing anything musically uh, after this band. Jay, like Chip Midnight, were you disappointed in comparison to the other two female vocalist band uh, more popular in the nineties, Ruka Salt, or did you find Tuscadero to be of your liking?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna turn it around on you. Oh, God. Uh, is this a, in your opinion, a post punk band trying to do pop? Or is this a pop band that's not skilled enough to play pop? I, it, well, go uh, ahead.
1: I, I was going to say, I think that they're probably 50 50 on that. I think they definitely have post punk influences. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard. There were some bands that I heard, such as the Raincoats and the Slits from late 70s. Very minimalistic, all-girl vocals, uh, sometimes you know, multiple vocals, almost sounding like the songs could fall apart at any minute. And then I heard, I actually heard like early Red Cross, like that first album where it's you know, sounds like the, the band is just figuring out how to play their instruments, sort of thing, and the songs are pretty ramshackle. Uh, but th- I think there's also an element of them not really knowing how to play. I think it's it's probably they don't really know what they're doing because a lot of these songs are like only two and three chords. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think they're s- skilled enough as music histo- historians i guess you would say that they've listened to enough stuff to, to actually settle on a sound musically Cur- that makes sense
0: or mimicking or mimic other 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 bands I, I guess the the bands that you mentioned uh was it the slits and who else the raincoats uh when i sample those bands i i hear punk there uh, and i struggle classifying this band as punk in any way because of what chip said where they just sound bored and i don't (laughs) i don't uh and it's not sort of a sarcasm or an attitude it's like lethargic and and boredom and i can't associate i have a very hard time associating that with punk music the energy I, i noticed between the two singers you'll hear a change in the in the delivery and the um over the all overall energy of the song between the singers um I think one of them has a little bit more i guess attitude behind her um mm-hmm. uh, to me it it works best when when they're just keeping it simple and, and they actually stumble upon some some pretty good pop elements there's a lot of metaphors on this album like silly metaphors about, you know, Candy. I mean, the one song's called The Candy Song and then that's followed up by The Game Song, which is right. all about board, board game analogies with boyfriends or whatever. There's a Nancy Drew song. So there's a lot of like pop culture and post-teen sort of subject matter, um, which, you know, is always good fodder for writing fun pop songs. You know, if you think about like the Donna's um, who have more of a hard rock edge to them than these, these, these uh, ladies do. You know, that, that's a sort of a theme that, that always runs through their stuff a mix of post teen and pop culture and, and that sort of suburban um, sort of notions. Um, so when those elements are in there and they, you know, the rather simple hooks, sometimes they work pretty well and they got some courses that have some potential. In fact, to the point where I couldn't help but imagine, as I was listening to this record, if this material was given to somebody like Weezer, what it would sound like. And I think it would actually sound a lot like, you know, early Blue Album and Pinkerton, Weezer. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good I think the songwriting is, is very similar. It's just a matter of, you know, the skill of playing their instruments and it's not even as much that a lot of it for me is tones i mean the guitar tones just awful which i think <laughs> when you talk about the history of the band i mean obviously they 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 admit they're admitting that they re-recorded the entire album pulled it out of record stores and then you're saying they overdubbed overdubbed again later at some point so they were trying to fix some stuff here and the the version that we got still There's not a whole lot there from a tone standpoint to really grab onto. It's very thin. uh, It's grating at times. The bass and drums are, um, at least the kick drum and the bass guitar are almost transparent um, and, and non-existent at times. So... You know, there's uh, there's a bunch of flaws there with the overall engineering and sound of the album, which, if, at least for me, it makes it really difficult to to get into an album when, when there's that much uh, problems on the sound side.
1: I think that the thing that saved... I, I don't necessarily like the album as a whole. I think there are a few good songs. But I think the thing that saves it for me is I think that their lyrics are really smart and, and actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um they would probably have made it like you said, as a contemporary to Weezer in, t- in terms of the lyric department, um, if they had just had better production. And I understand that, you know, they're going for an aesthetic, I think, with with
0: Well, I don't know, are they? It makes I me kinda wonder think they are. I, I think they're it. going I for can, that I like can't tell. Oh
1: I, I think they are. I think they're going for I think that was intentional are I, I think the rhythm section is fine. I think the guitars are pretty, I mean, those are the, that's um, sort of the weak point in terms of the music and the, the guitar lines are not that interesting. There are, you know, a couple notes here and there and they're and the chords are pretty basic and there's not much going on in terms of keeping you interested and and it's the vocals that, you know, kind of keep you there.
0: But I think there was melodies would keep you there. You know, at least for me, the, the, the vocal performance at times is a little monotone. Well, it's very monotone, <laughs> um, but the, the mel- there's a melody in there that, that works, and that's kind of what keeps stringing me along on, on, on a lot of these songs.
1: But I don't think that, and I, I think that the, the idea that they're bored is is kind of off. I just think it's, this is the first album for people who had been in a band for, you know, basically a couple of months, and had never been had never played music before and are figuring out what the hell they're going, what the hell they're doing. And obviously they had been writing, but never bothered to like really learn how to play the guitar. I I guess if the tone was just better, it would probably make it more palatable.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying is the, some of the parts are, a lot of the parts are fine. You know, if they're, the tone was just there, it would just give you this whole other attitude on top of it. That would be so much more interesting you know and they could play those same parts but it would just sound gnarlier and bigger and and they do it get sort of give some contrast against their voices
1: it does get better on certain songs like track 5 just my size yeah i think that song sounds fine in terms of the guitar tone it actually has harmonies on it like they would that work they're not just sort of singing together like you said in monotone they're it's, it's actually it's, harmonizing
0: it's, yeah.
1: yeah yeah um it's also it, the it shortest song like a,
0: It sounds like it's from a different album.
1: Right. For me, was the bridge to, to hearing the the Donnas, yeah. was it was the most uptempo, It was the most rocker. It had the probably one of the weaker choruses. I didn't necessarily hook onto a chorus with that song, but it was just overall one of the better songs.
0: Yeah, and I found that some of the the songs that there's I think two or three songs that are that sonically are better, um, that are more you know like uh, just my size. But the the they're never matched up with the best material, like some of the best material is the worst sounding from a production standpoint, which is really right. frustrating too.
1: Yeah, I really like say you know the lyrics and and chorus of uh, Hollywood Handsome. The chorus goes, "He's so goddamn Hollywood handsome. Oh yeah, he's a real peach. It's too bad he can't keep his pants on." Uh. Mm-hmm. And there's another line there with an f bomb, and. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was a really like The Guy as a Slut song which yep. I which I kind of like Is definitely a i mean they're they're named after a tough female character so there's a definitely a you know female empowerment and which was a part of a lot of rise of female artists in the 90s with liz fair and you know not as outwardly but you know he had bands like the breeders and to another well, to a farther that- extent atlantis morissette who were much more bold in their lyrical
0: choice and um <laughs> but you wouldn't put this with the riot girl kind of stuff right it's it or doesn't
1: no i mean i wouldn't it doesn't seem to really fit it's too it almost fits better with like the stuff like that's really like ramshackle like i said before like beat happening and half japanese those bands would they sound like they could the band it's like the, the whole song is going to kind of fall apart every once in a while um, and that might be just more due to the production than the songwriting but it, it didn't I, have it just didn't have the sonic uh, togetherness of like that dog or throwing muses or the muffs or some of those other bands from that era female fronted with female oriented lyrics because I don't think of the well, Donnas as being female oriented lyrics They they tend to just be you could interchange those a lot of those songs with a guy singing and it would be you could just change her to him or or him to her or whatever and it would be the same thing whereas these seems very specific Uh,
0: yeah kind of yeah kind of um i mean the the donna's lyrics are no work these are way better lyrics than donna's i mean they're just donna's lyrics are just partying and it's silly but um that dog was a band that i again in the same way i described weezer thought that you could imagine with with a better production and better tone that this band would end up kind of sounding like at times Mm -hmm. so uh, i when i looked at them on spotify under related artists i didn't recognize any of the band names but as i went through and listened to them there were like three or four that sound identical to them like one was called the Rondells. Another one's called Tiger Trap. Another one's called Cub. And then I sampled some early Blake Baby stuff, which kind of was more in the ballpark of, of them than some of the other bands, some of the more punk sort of influence bands. Mm-hmm. But like those first three bands I mentioned, I'd never heard of. I'd never heard of Tuscadero, but they all sound, I mean, you couldn't, probably could not, if you put a mix on, would not be able to tell the difference between any of those three four bands they all sound pretty much the same so this was definitely something that was a movement of some sort that's why I i was starting this off with that question of trying to figure out i guess in our our mode of trying to classify everything give it labels which i know we usually hate to do but this shows so that people can understand what the what the music's like it's helpful um trying to figure out like there were a cluster of bands doing this thing this kind of Approach is kind of garage pop slash ragged punk. I hate using that word for this band, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, almost from the Ramon school punk, I guess, if you have to use that word. Um, It's way more about, you know, melody and simplicity than uh, aggression.
1: Well, I think that the the thing that sort of separates them, because I I know some of the bands you're talking about, is their nostalgic sort of look at childhood pop culture, which is really what defines most of the album is is the idea of like looking back at things and uh, the Nancy Drew song really kind of sums that up in the sense that the whole song is about you know going back to your parents' house and realizing that they've th- all the stuff that you had you know kept in boxes from your childhood they've thrown away. Uh, like the lyrics that are like you threw away you threw out my Nancy Drew books my model horses from Massachusetts all my Barbies and Ken's my stuffed animals my childhood friends I had never forgotten about them about them how do I get along without them I feel so unsteady I oh Nancy I miss you already I'm getting older and I'm looking back. I kind of identified with that song where I was like, damn, I shouldn't have sold those G.I. Joes on eBay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, yeah. But
1: I could totally set again. up an awesome battle scene in my garage right now. Just get a ping pong table and throw a blanket down on top of it and do some sort of a rack, you know, war <laughs> scene with, uh, with the Cobra Terradrome. But... Oh there's a lot of I I mean candy song game song again tons of childhood references on those it's sort of it's actually it's it kind of bounces it's a song it's a it's nostalgia childhood pop culture and then there's a lot of you know latex dominatrix addresses sex and power issues dime a dozen Hollywood handsome mention those Um, those are more about the male female not even really about relationship just about sex and power and struggle between the two which is a bit more interesting than your average pop songs
0: here's an interesting question we both obviously paid way more attention to the lyrics on this album than we normally do So a lot of the albums we review right is that because they're that much better or is it because the production is so much worse and you you can you're forced to pay attention to them
1: probably both i mean i could hear them and They were so clear Mm -hmm. that I couldn't, I didn't need to like look at a lyric sheet. You know, Mm -hmm. when we listened to the, to the Ren's album, a lot of that stuff, the way it was just recorded, I couldn't understand what he was saying until I read the lyric sheet. So, I mean, that's what it comes down to a lot of times is that I just can't pick out what they're saying. But when I was listening to this, I almost didn't even need to look at the lyrics. I just wanted to quote them correctly. So I pulled them up on my computer so I could actually exactly see what they were saying.
0: Is that an argument for the production? You
1: know, no. I mean, were, the,
0: they, were they that wise to say, like, "Hey, we really want people to pay attention to these lyrics. Let's, you know, kind of go with this, this sound and this production that that uh, doesn't overshadow that."
1: You know, that's a good question. I, that would that would be something that if we had them on the show, uh, we could ask them. But have no idea how to get in contact with anybody from the band. Come on. So, Hey, I have done This is a, spe- uh, this is a speculation work.
0: episode. This is what? This is a speculation episode.
1: Yeah, this is this is You're us just... completely guessing at the motivations. And, These are some uh, of my favorites. I they think clearly the they too. they dumbed down the music so that the lyrics would take a, a, a leap forward. Because uh, clearly they were lyrics first, music second. So that's my opinion.
0: I just like to ask the questions. But yeah, okay. I... I think that's that's possibly fair yeah um, or at the very least if they didn't know for sure it felt right, you know they sort of felt like at the end of the day when they let do it all together that it worked because um, they were listening to it that way. So
1: I think we've covered this album and I think that we both have problems with it, but we both found some things that we found worthy I want to throw out Jay this new idea I have come up with a three point scale for judging albums worthy album better EP should have been a single those are my three points so do you think this is a worthy full length album it would have been better as an EP or there's really only one song that anybody needs to check out
0: I'm gonna go Oh, it's a tough one for this album I'll say EP. I think there's more than one song here worth checking out, and uh, if you trimmed it down to say four or five songs, I think you'd be in a much better place.
1: I agree with you. One of the one of the songs I had a problem with was actually track eight, Mount Pleasant. There's like a minute long intro to that song, and I don't know and why.
0: That, and it's a good song. I mean, the chorus on that song is pretty good, and the lyrics are pretty good. But yeah, you're right. You it could have been too. a minute shorter listen to a minute of people who aren't great musicians try to play right (laughs) it's like just get to the song just do what the rones did get to the song
1: i'm on board with you i think this would have been a better ep uh or at least go back in the studio and and re-record it again the third or or fourth time maybe that would have done i
0: could i'm glad we got chip's comment because another um thing i kept thinking about as i'm listening to this record is maybe this band sounded much better live or you know, it was louder, and it just came across completely differently. Um, but it sounds like they probably didn't. <laughs> um, his impressions live in the record, uh, if I recall right, what he said, it seemed yeah. to be about the same. So um, it's pretty much what they were. So,
1: Were there any current bands that you thought that if people were listening to something now, they might want to check this out? Because I actually had a couple ideas.
0: Well, you know what's crazy? If you listen to track number nine... Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. Yeah, the lead guitar in that mixed with the rhythm guitar um, sounds a lot like the Strokes. It sounds like almost identical to a stroke song, in hmm. the verses. Um, so that that was kind of crazy, and it made me think of obviously them as um, possibly, you know, that early garage kind of thing that was going on in the early two thousands. You know, if you were into that. This band, I guess, would be. Uh, in that ballpark,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I guess if you're a hardcore Weezer fan, you you may get off on uh, the songwriting and the, the you know the lyric lyrical content and, and the melodies and things. Sonically, if you're a big fan of you know one of the reasons you like Weezer is because of sonically what they do, then this is not going to be a match for you.
1: No, I actually came up with a couple this time. I've been struggling the last few times, but. This one clicked with me in terms of some bands that have a kind of a lo-fi approach with a female singer. Uh, One is Best Coast. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're all over like Sirius XMU. Uh, Again, like lo-fi recording, kind of bringing that bubblegum sound, 60s bubblegum pop sound Mm -hmm. with female vocal. She and Him, the Zoe Deschanel recordings uh, with M. Ward kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of that and then a couple other bands were the Kills and the Ravenettes uh, oh, yeah. the, the Kills can get a little heavier Yeah. Um, but they definitely have a, a lo-fi tinge to some of their earlier stuff and, and the Ravenettes as well um, and then the other one was Cat Power especially the earlier stuff not the more produced uh, later items but or later albums
0: I had, a, I had a note I wanted to share with you um, on track 12 Crayola
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wrote down that it sounds like the song that, remember Back to the Future? Yes. And when he's uh, in the past and he's at this high school dance, Michael J. Fox, and he's right. playing guitar with the band. And as his mom and dad characters separate, he starts to, like, die on stage <laughs> as he's playing guitar. Right. And they're playing, like, a 50s-style, like, ballad right, kind of thing. But it kind of gets all wonky as he dies. Right. You can't play the chords anymore. And he yeah. can't play the chords right. That song sounds like that.
1: Maybe that's what they were going for.
0: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Does that paint the most vivid picture we painted all night of what this That band might paint like? the picture. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Glad I shared that then.
1: All right. Well, uh, if you have an opinion on this album or on our review of this album, please head over to digmeoutpodcast.com you can post a comment there you can head to our Facebook page post a comment there as always, please uh, visit the website for uh, donations and t-shirt purchases (sighs) purchases we would greatly appreciate you um, buying us or buying our merchandise or sending us money so we can keep this uh, podcast rolling from week to week. Our bill for this year, I believe, is at $250,000. So if you could help us bring that down a few bucks, we would greatly appreciate it. I'm thinking about putting up like a big, um, you know how when you go to like a some sort of a fundraiser and they have a, a chart that tells you how much money has been donated so you can see how close you are to the goal. I'm thinking about putting one of those up.
0: Yeah, that would be depressing.
1: Yeah, because it would be at about two dollars right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, bandwidth yeah. ain't cheap. So
1: yeah, bandwidth is not cheap, folks. It's true. We're gonna um, I'm gonna, gonna have to start auctioning uh, people.
0: While we're on the topic, we're considering some different ways to be able to keep all the episodes up and not go to go to the poorhouse. Um, it's very becomes very difficult with the length of the episodes. Um, to be able to do that going indefinitely into the future. So, first off, just curious if people have any comments or opinions on whether, um, you know, you think that would be something useful. Do you go back and, and listen to old episodes or you kind of just float around where we're at and are you good with that? And then if you do go back and listen, you know, one potential thing we might have to do is, is charge for archiving. And if there was a a nominal fee to be able to go back and listen to, like say a whole year um, worth of episodes would be that would, is that something you'd be willing to pay for? So we'll float that around. And as we try to figure this out, make sure we take into account what what people actually want. So dig me
1: out podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Jay, thanks for joining
0: me on this episode. Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) And I mean, uh, I had to listen to the record, so I might as well put it to good use and show up and talk about it.
1: Right. And I can hear the dogs barking, which means the wife is coming home. So it's time to wrap this podcast up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.
0: Want to leave feedback? join the conversation at digmeoutpodcast.com for links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed. While you're there, support the podcast by visiting our donation and merchandise pages. And thanks for listening.